Done. Good yourself. I'm good, man. That is good. This is ep- episode 24 Ooh. of the Thought Anthology podcast, and I have a guest to the in front of me, Courtney. I don't know if I said it. I don't know if I said it yet. Courtney, anyway. Um, and I've brought her on today um, to actually have a discussion about an interesting scenario that I was overhearing while in the car with Caitlin, my girlfriend, um, and you're discussing how you're having this, I don't, I don't know if you'd say conflict, but like a... Is a I bit called of, it a crisis, so yeah, I've called it a crisis before. Yeah, a crisis, or you'd say a crisis in faith really, wouldn't you? Yeah. What would, what would you say? Uh, I called it sort of a, maybe a, a denominational conflict. Yeah. Or a, a crisis of... It's not a crisis of faith in the sense that um, I'm uh, like I know things that I do believe. Yeah. But it's definitely a lot of things that I believe that I'm yeah. questioning. Yeah. So there's a sense of crisis, but it's not like a um, world's being flipped upside down type crisis, maybe. Yeah. Okay. In some ways, we'll we'll find out how much. Yeah. So when you say that, you t- we're essentially talking in regards to you're trying to find a particular denomination of Christianity or like belief system, whatever you're going for. Yeah. To establish some sort of form of one truth or like, would you like to... Yeah, I've, I've come to think that within all of these sort of various, uh, you know, Baptist Christians, Catholic Christians, Pentecostal Christians, Anglican... Um, that there is one uh, objectively true denomination. Yeah. And, it, and it's not saying sort of that the others um, aren't valid or create false believers. Yeah. But that there is one that aligns with um, the teachings most correctly and is the one that um, God has instituted rather than humans. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm. So... Yeah, I used to sort of be like, oh, you can kind of... You know, there's that thinking of, like, all paths lead to the same thing within religion. Yeah. And I very much don't think that that's true. Okay. So... Why is that? Well, for starters, they all teach very different things. Yeah. So it's just illogical to say that you could, um, you know, have a Muslim faith or have a Christian faith mm. and you, you get the same place because they both explicitly say that they... Uh, are different from one another mm. and they have different instructions on how to live they have different ways of how to be a believer or how to be saved within that religion yeah. how to go to heaven or hell yeah and so how can you do to like if you're following this one how can you it, like let's say islam is true yeah how could you become a true believer who gets into heaven mm-hmm. by not following its teachings, if it's true. Yeah. If Christianity is true, how could you not follow its teachings and get, you know, you don't, you know, both of them teach, you don't just find yourself in heaven. There are things that have to happen. Yeah. So if one is true, then the other has to be untrue. Yeah. Logically. Yeah. Okay. So. What have you? So, how far have you gone into this sort of research? Like, how far have you gone? And, ha- and we'll start with that actually. Yeah. After that. Um, how far is in, in depth yeah. or breadth? So how? F- so, because you're trying to find a one truth in that in that sense. So how are you going? Well, 
one, how much depth are you going into it, and how what methods are you using to find out what is the truth? Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to go into as much depth as I can. Yeah. I really don't want to leave any stones unturned. Yeah. I don't want to sort of find something out and regret my decision. Yeah. Um, because I'm I'll sort of be all in wherever yeah. I end up finding myself. Um, and my method would be, um, sort of my background, um, is in, I guess, history as mm. a methodology, and so for me it's it's primary sources. So. Yeah. If I'm looking into Christianity, it would be the writings of his disciples, mm. the earliest believers and how they interpreted what became the closed canon of scripture mm. and what they implemented from then. So, yeah. you know, you, you could pick up the Bible and it's a bit um, cryptic to read, yeah. but because it was an oral tradition before it was ever written down, yeah. The people at the time knew exactly what the writings meant because mm. they had... They were there. Yeah, they were there. They had heard it talked about, they were talking about it, and then they decided to write it down. Mm. And so I'm looking into how that got passed down and at what point someone might have come along and had a different interpretation. And so I would count that as yeah. um, not true yeah. because they are rejecting the living memory they're yeah, rejecting the primary source. Yeah. yeah. So, so you'll have so you'll have to really go pretty far back, and then you'll have to establish whether or not this is the original source. It's taken me a while. Yeah. Because we're essentially talking yeah. a few thousand years. Yeah. What? This this is gonna be a real side thing. Have you ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So would you have to be looking into something like that? Um, unfortunately, I, I don't know Greek. Yeah. Um, I, I did study a lot of translation. Yeah. Um, just sort of a lot of my subjects in linguistics at uni were on the principles of translation. Yeah. So, you know, I won't be able to read them in their proper Greek. Yeah. But um, sort of, you know, listening to Greek scholars talk about them. Yeah. I think I'm able to pull apart whether or not they are translating correctly by their method. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you've got whole committee translating, sometimes it's just one person. Yeah. And you want that second, third opinion, you want a group of translators rather than one when yeah. reading something like the Dead Sea Scrolls. So yeah. that's why some Bible translations, it'll just be, you know, John Smith's translation. Yeah. And that is held in a lot lower regard than, you know, a committee of translators. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, first I probably should say what the Dead Sea Scrolls are. They're like one of yeah. the original texts, aren't they? Yes, they are the uh, original Greek... No, not Greek. Uh, I think they're the ones in um, Hebrew. The Greek is the Septuagint, if I'm yeah. pronouncing that right. I have to do more research, to be honest. But, um, yeah, there's, there's quite a few early writings because um, in Jewish tradition they sort of rewrote things a lot. So Because yeah. you didn't... You know, books aren't as they were today, yeah. you read someone else's and I might get your original manuscript next to mine yeah. and rewrite it out word for word. Yeah. So you have a lot of copies, um, but yeah, the Dead Sea Scrolls were the, uh, I think they were the earliest um, Jewish, because the New Testament was written in Greek, but I yeah. think some, some Jews also wrote some... Um, yeah. So, Hebrew. Hebrew. 
That's yeah. what I'm looking and for. The Jew- Yiddish or Hebrew? No, it would be Yiddish. Yiddish. No, not always Yiddish. Yeah. Would have been cool. I think yeah. it's a cool language. Yeah. I think it sounds cool. A lot of phlegm. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's great. Um, yeah. So, the, well, essentially, you're going to have to. Well, how how are you going about uh, like obtaining that sort of information? Because it is quite like that's really like you need to spend money and travel sort of thing. Yeah. Well. Would you not or? Uh no traveling necessary because I I don't really need to look at the originals yeah. like in person. Yeah. Um, but I, as sort of an a recent alumnus of uni, I still have access to the online library resources. Yeah. Do this, kids at home. If you've, whenever you're at uni, take advantage of things like so on the library search website. There's still all of the resources that anyone doing you know, a bachelor or master's or PhD in theology yeah. has access to, yeah. you still have access to. Okay. Um, so finding things that way, which okay. is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just trying to read wherever I can get, get my hands on. I've, I've downloaded a lot of books on Kindle. Um, yeah, by sort of scholars on, let's say, either side of an argument, and I've just mm-hmm. read both arguments. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just seeing which one is the most convincing, logical, yeah. rational, supported, peer-reviewed. Okay. All that jazz. Okay. That'd be quite an interesting endeavour, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, Time-consuming, but um, very important for me, I think. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I had a thought I just left me. It just, yeah. <laughs> it was actually in regards to what you were just saying. Um, With, like, how I find things. Yeah. Yeah, that really did leave me. It's definitely night shift brain. Um, oh, yeah, night shift brain. Night shift brain, no. Um, so maybe we should have, like, what is your, probably should establish, what is what was your original upbringing in regards to your faith and stuff like that? What was the original? Yeah, so I, I grew up going to church with parents who, um, my mum and dad pastored a church that was Pentecostal. Yeah. Um, so I think that falls under sort of Christian evangelicalism. Yeah. It's a very recent denomination. It's just over a hundred years old. Yeah. Um, and I had a really good experience there. Mm. Um, I know people can have all kinds of experiences in any church denomination. Mm. Um, but I remember growing up with a lot of, uh, friends and family and support around us and feeling very safe, very free to express myself, yeah. um, and, and not very restricted, um, sort of in a, well, I guess we use the word a lot in, in religious circles, uh, like it wasn't a legalistic, yeah. um, type thing, so I was never dragged to church, I was never forced to yeah. go, um, and I grew up with it as normal, because I was going since my fetus days, so, yeah, I really, yeah, was okay. part of that. Um, oh, okay, that's interesting. So let's go down a bit of the line of Courtney's life. So from there, you've got that as your foundations of a belief system for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have studied history. Yeah. And linguistics. Yeah. Italian. Yeah. Um, so you've got the tools. You've got the basing. So like my, most of my queries in regards to these things are more of like, when you're arguing in regards to what is the most logical, you would also have to determine, even if it's logical, is it actually true? Because like a lot of logic can be non-factual. 
because you can speak in logical terms, but it's not necessarily a factual thing. Mm. Um, so let's say if you were examining a text, how could you, det- if it's the original source, even then, how are you going to be able to determine that that actually is a truthful and logical and rational rationale for the yeah. system? Yeah, so sort of if I'm reading any text with that that is religious, yeah. I think, yeah, I have to start with the basis of, okay, am I a theist or an atheist? Yeah. Do I believe there's a God and there isn't? And because of my background, you know, mm. agnosticism was never an option. We yeah. are so fully invested in something mm. or just so exposed to it. You yeah. can't really just be like, I'm not sure. You've... Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to pick something. And so, to me, it is, um, you know, there's always going to be an element of of belief, and I think that that is true on both sides. You know, people say, to be a religious person, you just have to have this blind faith. But if you're not, you can be a person of science. Mm. And I, I don't think that's true. I think that's a mischaracterization of both sides. Um, because there aren't scientific traces to the beginning of the universe you know that people you have to believe in was it um you know the big bang was it yeah how how does evolutionary theory work and there have been things that they've traced back but nothing Mm -hmm. concrete yeah so to me it's like what's more logical to believe that the world created itself or Mm. to believe that the world was created yeah and um the way that our world uh, functions it's it's sort of it's out of line with the laws of physics for our world to create itself yeah. if that were how our world came about that would continue to happen because our world would be based off of different laws of physics yeah but because we have the world that we have mm. um, am I making sense I'm listening to you but I've got a few counter arguments yeah 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 um, from the standpoint of science, like, even though, like, they can't really, within regards to, like, theories of the Big Bang Theory and evolutionary theory, in regards to collecting evidence to be able to actually somewhat try to prove this is the thing, um, the, like, the method, that the scientific method is okay with being disproved. Because the point of the scientific method is to find some sort of objective truth. So, like, if that could be potentially wrong, and that could also lead to the potential answer of a creator, depending upon your methods. That's very open-minded. I haven't really spoken to anyone who is so willing to rectify science and religion. Yeah. People polarise them far too much. Yeah, because I think there's um, a misunderstanding of why science came about, because science came back from the Christians to prove God existed. Um, so it has that step of logic in order mm. to prove something is objectively factual. Um, and define what the truth is objectively. But the issue with that is maybe the existence of a creator is actually outside of our objective reality. And that's when it becomes a, a metaphysical... I think, would the term be metaphysical? And it's more of a, like a logical step of assertions well, afterwards. Does that I make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. I am confused. I think God is metaphysical. Yeah. But what do you mean by outside of objective reality? Do you well, mean just... False. Oh, well, no, as in like maybe God isn't like this is also not like another hypothesis. Yeah, maybe yeah. God is outside of the observable universe. 
I think he is. Yeah. yeah. I think because he has created the universe. Yeah. Um, he is he is outside of it in a sense. Yeah. But he, I also believe he is in and and through all things. Yeah. So. Um, I should start with my step. Like I'm yeah. agnostic. Yeah. So I think it's illogically consistent to say there is, but. Like saying there definitely is, as much as saying there definitely isn't. We've had this conversation when we're in yeah. um, Bright, because it's a bit you're you're uh, like you can go through those steps of logic, like you're saying mm. about the, the the universe just creating itself or something creating it. Those arguments are equal in the sense of their um, possibility. So saying one is for one is the other is inconsistent to logic so all, all I can do is fence it based upon that rationale if that makes sense it does I, I hear you I think that's I think that's very fair because yeah. you know people are, are so you know on one side or the other God absolutely exists and I know it for sure yeah. or people are God cannot exist and I know it for sure yeah. I, I think in a certain sense the most rational thing to be is possibly agnostic because you're saying, well, without conclusive evidence. Yeah. I would submit there isn't conclusive evidence on either side. Yeah. Um, it makes most sense to be agnostic. I think what pushes people either one would be personal experience. Yeah. So in my experience, anyone I've known who is um, strongly uh, opposed to there mm. being a God is because of extreme suffering yeah. or trauma, those things that make you question how can people teach that there's a good God with all this, this evil in the world. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff makes you hurt and bitter, understandably. Yeah. And people like myself who go extreme the other way and feel convinced that there is a God is from personal experience, yeah. but it's, it's experiencing him himself. Yeah. And I know, you know, this, I don't really care how this sounds, even though it can sound nutty. It's, it's that um, sort of personal intimacy you get during yeah. prayer or during times of sort of worship or any kind of yeah. ritual daily living, I feel his presence in and around me often. Yeah. And um, I don't believe that I'm mm. imagining it. I feel yeah. that I know him personally. So that's sort of what pushes me from this yeah. either way to, yes, I believe in him because I've, I've seen miracles. I've experienced his goodness, answers to prayers. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. I'll keep a question for later because like that'll be um, something to bring up afterwards. Yeah. Um, because I'm just trying to form how I'm going to ask the question because it's very that's an interesting one. Mm. Um, also, like with religion, some people need that because it's because it may because it answers a question. Yeah. That's very quite scary. Yeah, um, absolutely. That existential dread. Yeah, because it's quite weird yeah. being alive. It is. It is. I think you you get that sense of our distinctness as humans when you look at any kind of animal you look mm. at this thing that's just they are all pure instincts mm. and they don't have these existential crises and they don't experience love in the same way that we do mm. for them it's it's purely rational it's purely for for mating you know you put any two animals yeah. together and you can make them mate and there's not that same um, sense of yeah that sort of illogical way of, about humans where yeah. we love people that it doesn't make sense to love. We love people who don't love us back. Yeah. We the sort of the way we experience the mm. world isn't instinctual. It's yeah. we all have different personalities and thoughts. Yeah. 
And that's also something I think the science can't quite explain because yeah, it's, it's more of a psychological thing. Yeah, and that's quite a subjective field. But our yeah. our instinct to survive yeah. logically mm. should dominate over a lot of other things, but yeah. often it doesn't. Yeah. But you could also do the argument that like we're very complex social creatures. But why, if we have evolved, and 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 you know during this entire process of survival of the fittest, yeah. you know according to Darwin we should be weeding out traits that make us weak and yet we we try to protect the most uh, vulnerable in society, the most compassionate. Yeah. And um, that really doesn't make sense. Well, it, like, you could, you could go, like, it could be an extreme argument, well, not really extreme argument, but, like, you could argue that maybe if it is for, like, natural selection, um, that the... Like being highly sociable and caring is actually something that is beneficial because numbers keep you safe mm. um, out in the wild anyway. Like having a shit ton of people is going to stop a bear from killing you because one on one's shit, ten on one, other ten on one's easier. But that depends. If um, if you're taking care of, like, there's always there's always a reason for it. Though when they do it, if if an animal is taking care of a. Um, uh, a weaker animal. It's not just to have numbers, yeah, so that they are safer. Yeah. If a um, if a predator yeah. comes, yeah. they will risk themselves to defend. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was just saying, I'm not there yet. Yeah. But I'm saying like, if it's over like a million millions of years, it's maybe just gotten to that point that with those evolutionary traits, they've gotten so extreme that we're actually even willing to look after our group, even when it makes no sense, because that's how our evolutionary traits have to express themselves. But why? Why do they express themselves that way? Because of how, how useful looking, like having people around and looking after people is. But we, we do it when it's very, very not useful yeah. at but all. But that's why I'm saying like it's something that's happened over, like it started out, it probably started out as mm. something that was very rational. I will, we need these numbers to do this. Mm. We won't look after the other people. Then slowly over time, an individual came in and started caring for individuals that are weaker and they didn't necessarily need to be there. But why would they do that? Because of like an ex- like an over exaggeration of the expression of sociability over time, like not like uh, yeah, yeah, over I millions of years. As in like like let's say for example like there's certain evolutionary abnormalities that make no sense because they're not actually logically perfect. Like in some creatures, I can't give an example at the moment, but there are creatures like that. Yeah, it'd be something like that. It'd be like a not a defect, but like an over expression of something that's not necessarily rational. Same with like a body body part or a pie, like a blood vessel yeah. being. It might not be rational, but is it so unhelpful as mm. this trait is that we're talking about, where we we care for the weak? I see what you're saying that it's an over exaggeration. Yeah. But if we are creatures that have evolved and mm. and all there is is the physical matter and there's no supernatural sense, mm. then it well, that doesn't leave out. Like I don't think natural selection leaves out a supernatural aspect. Well, how would you define the supernatural aspect if, according to, um, you know, a Big Bang followed by evolution? Yeah. Um, I've got a weird metaphysical, sort of, not a metaphysical, I guess, because I've got a weird... Ish. So, so, as I said, I'm agnostic and I can only go off of what is so far observable. Like, in the, like the, the closest thing I can get to, like, a spiritual sense is that, like, we're actually just a... We're unique expressions of the universe that has just been created. Um, you and I are the same thing. We are expressions of the universe, but just different 
like we are we are the universe you and i are the universe with different expressions so you and i are the same thing we're both molecules yeah. yeah and we are both doing we're both interacting with one another even though that we're, we're one and the same mm. so in the sense that like in a spiritual sense we are all connected to like ourselves and to the world around us and that could even mean god because God created the universe and God is the universe. So therefore... Is this what you believe? No, this is not what I believe, but this is what I can ration, rationalise yeah. out. Because we are formed of the universe and therefore we are the universe or part of it. Mm. We probably should... We only segregate ourselves probably for some other reason, but we probably... If you rationally think about it, we are no different from it. We're just a different expression within it. And you and I are the same thing just you're caught in on that but we're still the same thing but our brains think differently so differently yeah but we're make still different decisions we're just this we're just this one thing of this huge complex system yeah yeah it's, i think it's amazing yeah so yeah so we're not separate we're the same it sounds fun because we're very we're like, both the same and separate yeah exactly it's, it's, really, it's both and not yeah because like in the subjective ma- manner we are separate in the objective manner we are the same thing yeah yeah I, I would agree with that, I think. And it's very, and like, and that's where, like, you could probably start bringing in, like, the potential for there being a creator. Like, and that feels like, yeah. But that's probably the, the closest thing I can get to expressing spirituality. Like, that connectedness sort of thing. And that's yeah. probably, yeah. Um, if, that, if that makes sense. I, I think so. Yeah, because then, 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 because then you'd have to, like, because, but then, the issue with that, that conflicts with Christianity because Christianity, like you were saying, segregates human beings from animals and all sorts yes, of like that. Yes, we're the only uh, creations made in God's image. Yeah, yeah, and that sort of thing. And, and whereas with that sort of, like that sort of story is saying that we're the same but, di- we're one and the same but different. So like I am... Yeah, like I am still Matt, the subjective person who decided to identify as Matt, but I am the universe that is just moving through time. I, there aren't any, um, I think, strong contradictions because it it is a little vague. If yeah. you start asserting more specific things, yeah. there'd probably be points where I'm saying, okay, this conflicts with Christianity. Yeah. But there's definitely a sense in which um, we are all created matter, we are all mankind, yeah. we all came from Adam and Eve, there's definitely that sameness, and yeah. then um, I would just say the uniqueness is that God designed each and every one of us to yeah. be our own person, yeah. so whether that uniqueness is too different from yeah. how you picture the subjective differences between us is yeah. pretty nuanced, I guess. Yeah. But it's Yeah, it's a very weird thing um I'll continue that afterwards but yeah, do you yeah do you see where I'm coming from though yeah absolutely like because then therefore if that, if that if that is the case therefore you and I are part of God if God is the creator because if we're if God if we're in God's image and with that whole line you, like we are a part of God and God is part of us like it, we are all just that one thing we are an expression of this yeah that's probably where it yeah, might start, start to differ yeah, yeah because we don't even though God has made us he hasn't yeah. He's given us sort of his divine image in yeah. the sense that there is beauty in humankind objectively. Yeah. Um, and we are made as good yeah. 
creatures, mm. but he hasn't given us all of his divine attributes. We are yeah. not omnipotent. We are not all-knowing. Yeah. So in that sense, we are not part of him in a um, sort of physical sense. Yeah. We are created beings. He mm. is a creator, but his mark is on us is how I would sort of yeah. assume. That's yeah. the wrong word, but... Because mm. if we're part of God, shouldn't we have some of these characteristics? Not necessarily. Like, if we're, if he's the if he is part of the universe, like if he is the expression of the universe, if he is the entire universe, we could just be one attribute to like the moon other attributes that he has in qualities. Yeah, we do. We do show his attributes. Yeah, some, but we won't won't show them all because maybe some other aspect of the universe expresses that. Yeah, I I think we'd agree on that point. Yeah. So there's a lot of motifs within. Um, I think. Most monotheistic religions mm. of, um, you know, we can see an attribute of God in ourselves or in nature. Mm. So a common one is we can see his consistency in the sun rises and sets every day. Yeah. God is consistent like that. We can see his might in the mountains and the waves. That's mm. a strong motif. Yeah. Um, we can see his um, gentleness in... Um, God, you know, designed and created little kittens and bunnies. Yeah. But we can also see his power in he created, yeah. you know, lions and whales. Yeah. So there's sort of bits of him we can see in everything. Yeah. But... Um, Not every little thing holds all those attributes. Yeah, he's the only one who is all-knowing, all-good, completely pure and loving, mm. whereas we have um, sinned and are now tainted by... Um, all of creation is tainted by evil yeah. would be a core Christian belief yeah so with your experience with um, God what's that can I ask what that, what's that experience like for you what, what, and what justifies you to actually believe that experience yeah that's a, that's a great question um, so for my sort of first 12 years of my life I didn't have any I would say personal experience of God it's sort of um I was a young child um, and sort of believed what I was told. And then my first personal experience was when I was 12, about to be 13. And um, I, I got this strong um, sense that um, God uh, loved me and knew me and that I was sort of um, talking to him and it just came with very strong emotions. So I was sort of... Um, you know, I had a religious experience, you can say, and I was I was crying very heavily, and I was just consumed by thoughts of, oh my goodness, the God who created the entire world loves me. Yeah. Um, it's that sort of mixture of the divine and lofty with the intimate and personal that just uh, overwhelmed me. And um, since then, I guess in the following 13 years, giving away my age. Um, <laughs> um, that that has been continued and there's definitely seasons in times in life where things are a lot harder mm. i you know i think like a lot of people can get that sense of like god where are you i don't feel you anymore i don't get those nice mushy feelings yeah and it's times like that when i have to know that um i can't rely on feelings even though they're um valid and there's some truth that they're, they're not always um True. It's hard. Like feelings are, truth might not be a good word to use with feelings because they are very subjective. Yeah. So I guess it, it's times like that when I remember my feelings are subjective and that I might not feel 
happy and cozy right now, but that doesn't mean God isn't protecting me and providing for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, most commonly it's it's a sense of um, sort of an internal sense of belonging. Mm. Um, sometimes it can be um, a sense that there's sort of more and there's a bigger picture and mm. I, I just think and feel that there is an another, another yeah. entire life to come and that everything mm. that I worry about and all of the injustice and all of the evil will be dealt with and that we were created to have an experience of life that is not tainted by evil or sin mm. and I, I get a lot of comfort out of the times when I am just thinking about that and, and there's this sense of completeness that sort of I don't know, you know that angst of life that you can sort of just push down and not really want to address because there just aren't enough answers for it. As in like an existential angst? Yeah. I don't know, some people seem to sort of go a long time not ever feeling it or acknowledging it or ever thinking about it, but I I guess I'm quite, um, I don't want to say sensitive, but, um, you know, yeah. I think deeply about things and I, I question a lot. Yeah. And um, that sense of frustration, of angst, of, of injustice, um, I feel like it, it's all sort of answered in in the Christian narrative yeah. of why things are how they are and what they will be. So would you say also like, for like I don't know, a Muslim, would they be saying something similar? Um, Their experience with Allah, like... The I don't know if I can answer for that. I, I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, in my thinking, if you're going to dedicate your life to something, you'd want to hope that it yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you're going to be someone who, who goes to church or temple every week, who spends a lot of time giving time and money, I'd want to hope you don't just feel guilted into it or duped or tricked. Yeah. That you have some you, sort of sense of connection to this. Yeah, so yeah. I would hope so. Um, I've never heard that personally from, um, uh, yeah, any Muslim person or any of my, um, yeah, friends who were brought up in that. Yeah. But um, I might just not have spoken to. Yeah. The right person. Because yeah. yeah. I, because. Because I always find it quite interesting when people describe their experiences like that, and everyone who has some sort of belief system has those sort of experiences. So, like the the weird the question is like in like when you're trying to pursue that truth, mm. if everyone's experiencing that and they're in a different sect of religion, are all they are all, are they all wrong when they're all espousing truth? Yeah, that's a fair point. I think. Um, uh, my belief, and this is probably the most, this would be widely accepted in Christianity, is that even if you get some doctrinal aspects wrong, um, you know, God is not sort of um, limited by that. No. So let's say you join a church down the road, and um, I, know, I know someone exactly like this actually, joined a, joined a church somewhere, it was quite cultish, Mm. They didn't know, but they did experience God in it and came to have a, a genuine faith and has lived their life f 
following Christian teachings and having fulfillment in that. Yeah. But they found him somewhere that does not teach good things. Yeah. Because, you know, we believe that um, God is not limited by people's shortcomings. So I think you can find God anywhere. um, But when I say anywhere, I mean like, you know, I've had some of these religious experiences, I'll call it, um, doing the most mundane things like mowing a lawn or doing a uni essay. Yeah. Um, But I think that, you know, you can find him in a Christian church that maybe some of their teachings are off. You can still find God. Yeah. But I would argue that if it's not a Christian church and it's a, um, I don't know, Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox or Mm. um, a Hindu church or something, that... I don't see someone finding the same God that I believe in because um, all of the teachings they're reading about him are completely different. Whereas within all of Christianity and all the different denominations, um, the very, very core things are often the same and that's why you can find God because if you're reading about a Trinitarian God who is three persons, um, who explains that the path to salvation is only one way and it's through his son Jesus. You'll find that in the worst of churches. Yeah. Does that make sense? I'm hearing yeah. Whereas you can't quite you can't find Jesus in Hinduism because he's not there at all. Yeah. But that that is if you're in the world of Christianity. Well it is all over the world. But it is now. Yeah. Um, wasn't at a period of time. Um so like this is like I'm trying to figure out how I can say it. Um, Don't worry about offending me. If that's I'm not trying to offend. I'm not going to offend you at all. Like, because I like, because I like, like I said before, like I'm like on that fence. So I'm not trying to be offensive. And like most of my questioning is going to be around, because um, if if that person in the cult has found God, and if that God's the same as yours, and the teachings are off, like are somewhat off, then will that bring all teachings of mankind off? And that the experience of God is the only true aspect of that of his of their belief, because because like with all these denominations, they're realistically an interpretation, mm-hmm. um, and even from the original sources, those are like a subjective interpretation from the person, because not everyone's going to like a scenario. Not everyone, not everyone sees a scenario as exactly the same. There's also their emotions, their feelings, and um, their own subjective bias at times that comes into play. Do you mean with the like early writings, for example, if, documenting yeah. what's happening when Jesus was alive? Yeah, that sort of thing. Or like, like even not that, even like down the line, like like t- till now. Right. Like, there's been all those little things that have just created all these different sects, and they are still experiencing God, but they're all saying different things. So, like, what like so maybe God isn't necessarily an identification within any sect. Right, yeah. And then that's why in that car with Caitlin, as when she was saying, like, if I was going to believe in a God, I wouldn't believe in any religion, I'd just believe in God. Because God would be God. And that's yeah. it. I can't yeah. argue against that because God is God. Yeah. And I can't and I'm not gonna say I'm Christian, I'm not gonna say I'm Muslim, I'm not gonna say I'm anything. I'm just gonna say there is God. And I'm just going to keep living my life the way I am because that's as far as I'm aware that there is just God. 
Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Because um, maybe, the, would that be the one truth, or like, would it be, like, or, or is the one truth like that, but in the, the first encounters with all, like, all those experiences of the first people? Well, I think that's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. Um, with all these denominations, I'm leaning towards um, Catholicism. Yeah. Because it is the most uh, faithful to the lived memory. Yeah. Of, of, you know, we've got this Bible, we've got these sacred writings, um, and how the Jesus' disciples interpreted them and taught them in person was personally handed down. They would train someone up yeah. in the teaching. So each apostle, apostle, that's apostle a new one. Kim apostle. <laughs> yeah. when, you're, yeah. when you're being an apostle at 12 p.m. and then you're going to go yeah. save the world. It's a huge That's right, yeah. Huge good show. <laughs> um, uh, Jerichaya wants one as Kim Possible for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she looks great. Um, shout out kiosk. She doesn't listen. Oh, she okay. probably never will. I'm well, on. She, she might listen. She has to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, this is your Christmas present. I'll give her a recording. Yeah, you should. Yeah, or oh. a cassette tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make her a mixtape. Um, I remember what I was saying. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> you know, but you don't. What What was I saying? So you were going. Oh, apostles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So each apostle. Um, had a uh, let's call it a pattern one, someone yeah. who they they trained in the knowledge of the scriptures. Of the force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of religious references and stuff, yeah. and I, I like that. Um, and someone who is their successor. Yeah. And so they they taught them absolutely everything. Yeah. And so that lineage directly from Peter and the rest of the removing although Judas had a replacement so the rest of the twelve yeah um that carried on Peter went on to become the first head of the church the Pope yeah. and that has continued on and you know I I believe I came to know God through uh sort of a what's the word I'm looking for not a tangent but a you know a denomination that sort of sprang out from yeah. Catholicism and so your question well why do we need to have these distinctions if you find the same God in all of them yeah. um, is for a few reasons firstly um, the Bible teaches that God wishes that everyone would uh, come to know him personally and have a father child relationship and go to heaven by you know accepting Jesus' sacrifice for the sins of mankind mm. and because you know, there's a bit of theology to that. Once you break down, who is Jesus? Why did he come? Why do we need to be saved? Um, the more you don't guard teaching, the more open that is to be changed. And so you've got religions that sprung up, like Mormonism, who find the Bible uh, and without uh, trying to um, understand the lived memory of what it meant, without going to the people who had passed down what it meant, have read it, misinterpreted it, and started a new religion. And so maybe you'll find God in it, but you have less chance because the teachings are so different from um, the teachings that Christian believers believe uh, are God-inspired. So the Bible says that all scripture is God-breathed. Humans wrote it, but God-breathed. And there's definitely an element of belief in that. That's something that I can't scientifically say to you. God wrote this book himself. Yeah, we can't. You know, 
So it's all written by man. Yeah, it is yeah. written by man. Um, and that, that's something that you do have to just accept by faith. Yeah. Is that it's God breathed. Um, yeah. But, yeah, does that make sense? Sort of, if you don't guard the teachings, yeah. they will be changed over time, you know, yeah. a, a long lineage of yeah. things, you know, like the old Chinese whispers. Yeah, I'm hearing you. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, just try to think. Hold on. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense because, like, what what you're saying is that, like, the the teachings that have occurred are from the man Jesus Christ, who is the who's the who's the fella who um, sacrificed he's, he's himself for our our sins, and he is one of the representations of God who is giving us this information on how we should lead our lives in order to get to this place, the divine place called heaven or that or for hell if there is such a thing um, and that's all done and we're trying to keep those teachings through the Jedi's <laughs> um, yeah. um, in order to what well, we consider to live a proper life in order to reach that end and yet yeah, that's basically what you're saying. Is it? Does it sound like Yeah, it's there? maybe a, a really crude analogy might be a pirate's got a treasure map. Yeah. And um, you know, you've got the path towards the X. Yeah. But if enough changes um, every time a change mm. is made, it's harder to get to the X. Yeah. Whereas if you stick to the original, mm. you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls, you've got that direct. Yeah path to the X. Yeah. But it's it's more nuanced than that because it's not just a path, it's a language that comes into factor it. And yeah. so language is beautiful but confusing. Yeah, and affects perception. Yeah. Yeah, and interpretation. But um, what I, sorry. Yes, okay. What I've come to think about language is, uh, you know, why, if you were a god and you were going to make a, make a book for humans, yeah. if you were going to make some kind of pathway, why use language, something that's so susceptible to be misunderstood? Because, and I, I think the reason is, the purpose of the Bible isn't just a roadmap to heaven. If it was, it'd be a much smaller book, and it would only have one type of writing, it would be instructional. But when you look in the Bible, there's poems, there's love songs, there's historical narrative, just telling what happened. There's wisdom literature. Um, there's all kinds of genres of writing. Mm. And I think the reason is, is the Bible's purpose, sort of contrary to popular opinion, isn't to tell us what to do, but it's to tell us who God is. Mm. And that's why it, there are so many genres of it. Why would you ever use a song to tell someone how to get somewhere? Mm. But um, read it, and, and that's why it can be sort of so cryptic at first read mm. but when you look at it from the point of view of this book will tell me who is God the creator mm. and in turn who am I mm. then it's it's easier to understand and pass on yeah otherwise it'd be much simpler if he just made a map I would, I would love to have not like just the Bible but like like I think what would, would it be consolations as in like having like all these religious texts yeah, yeah. being compiled into a book in order to like see the contrast of the storytelling and whether or not there actually is a major difference between 
um, yeah. what, what would be, yeah. you know, who is God. Yeah. Um, yeah, just buy them all. Buy a Quran, buy a Bible, yeah. buy a Torah. It'd be great if it's a summary, but it won't be. Um, no. But, yeah, like being able to... Like, because if... Because then, like, this is where it gets really hard. Because, like... And that's where... If you're if you're a skeptic, I don't trust people and I don't trust writing. This is from like my own perspective. Like, even if even if the book, like the Bible, is what God is, I'm still not going to fully trust it. Simply on the fact that I know a man has, or like a person has written it, and I know and I know that people are faulty. So all I can trust is that maybe one day I'll have an experience of God and God can guide me to whatever path they want or maybe God is already doing that through me today through all the actions I take and I it's maybe more of a subconscious thing than an actual written God like a written expression of mm. God but um yeah that's 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 a lot of work that's yeah. a lot of work like, yeah like to for like and for you to be able to then just like trying to find what is close to the original source and then saying yeah that is definitely the case is very that'd be very difficult that's a very that's a very long road wouldn't you think or there's the main problem is there's just so much to look through i could really waste my time in loopholes so i tried to categorize it into the biggest differences between um religions or denominations yeah and and start with that rather than tiny things i could nitpick yeah. So um, I've sort of yeah I've had to organise it and I guess approach it like a project I might have done at uni. Yeah. Um, but what I found is is really helpful is to just uh, I'll listen to a debate two people on either side and just see who's the most convincing. Yeah. Um, and and that's gone quite well so far. Yeah. You know I don't always have to do my homework when other people have done it so well. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. There's. It, I think it can be overwhelming. I'm hearing what you're saying about that. There's that human element. Yeah. Um, but I think... I just and this is not to say, like, what I'm saying is true either. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. It's all, it's it's all, all up in the air. It's all just an idea in my head. Yeah. yeah. Any Anything is possible and anything can happen. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, if you if you were to look into it and look into all these texts, I think the more you look into how... Um, how those cultures handed on teachings, mm. how translation worked. Um, it, it does go from being something that is like, oh, I'm scared to approach this and put any trust in it because it's so open to... It, it's something that you can definitely see um, enough reasonable evidence either for or against. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm. It, it's not something that worries me as much anymore, the human element, because... You know, things were so like, for example, with the um, uh, disciples, and, and you've got they're all writing down what happened, but you're like, they've got their bias, they've got their how do we know it's accurate? Mm-hmm. Um, is because it was all compared. So the four gospels weren't, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they mm-hmm. weren't all written separately and never compared. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, I can't remember which one was written first actually, um, but one was written first. Um, uh, and sort of copied 
someone else wrote theirs and then the fourth one was written as a poor way of explaining it but um mm. can't believe i'm forgetting there's, there's a name for the doctrine of um i'm sort of throwing around religious terms so just let me know if i should just yeah. clarify or define one for anyone listening because okay. um, i forget what words are yeah. Used exclusively in, in the religious community, and someone else might be like, "What the heck do you mean?" Yeah. Just throw around doctrine. Mm. It just means teachings, a group of teachings. Yeah. You know, it it could be like the a secular uh, term might be ideology or something. Yeah. Um, although they're not perfectly synonymous. Mm. But um, what was I saying? Yeah. So that they're compared. It's not just someone wrote this and someone else had to read and go, "Oh, that's what Jesus did that day." Okay, I yeah. guess we'll publish this. Mm. Like all of the eyewitness accounts compared their writings and, "Oh, I yeah. witnessed this. I witnessed that." And so, if you read all four of the Gospels, you've mm. got identical overlap yeah. um, with retellings of the same event. Mm. It might be from a different perspective, but none of the facts are different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they are all from different perspectives but yeah. they don't say largely different things one guy might have included a story another guy didn't witness but most of them they have them in common yeah okay I hope that made sense yeah um yeah like you get out you can go down rabbit holes and you can yeah this, it's a temptation it's a, it's a very long like yeah and because it's one of those questions of like it really like it really is the existential question yeah um, I don't want to rush it yeah I'm trying not to so don't rush it well you your whole life man. yeah um, yeah it's so, like it's so funky mm. um, I'm trying not to be influenced by um, sort of opinions of people around me that are just based on personal preferences yeah so you know because there's so much difference between protestants and catholics yeah all of my protestant friends are um antagonistic maybe not all of them most mm. of them towards catholicism um sometimes for simple reasons like oh i don't like the way the priests wear these weird robes and so i'm not yeah. going to take that into factor yeah. um so that's just a personal preference yeah or sometimes it's yeah but what about all the evil yeah and i think I've, I've come up against that, but I think my response is just, you will find awful, evil people in any group, yeah. religious or not, anywhere in the world. So I, I can't yeah. let that be the defining factor of, yeah. oh, I couldn't follow these teachings because there are men who've gotten a position of power and abused it. Yeah. Like they weren't we need another podcast to discuss good and evil mm. when I've had a good night's sleep because I could definitely go through that. Yeah, I'm down. Because that is very... That's a that can that's a rabbit hole of a conversation as well. I love rabbit holes. Yeah, because yeah, good and evils. Yeah. This if you yeah. if you hadn't given this such a good name, you could call it the rabbit hole. The rabbit hole, yeah. But Thor sure. anthologies. I thought that was a pretty good name. It's chef's kiss. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it blows up and I get paid. <laughs> <laughs> but I can quit my job. Um. <laughs> I mean, um yeah. But you're I'll, so good at your job. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's a nurse, if you didn't know. Yeah, mental health nurse. Mental um, health nurse. Oh, that. So I don't even know, like, um, I feel like we covered quite a lot mm. there. Maybe we um, could do a water break, because like, I've talked Yeah, go get some water, yeah. Get My some, throat is dry. You want a kombucha? Ooh. Yeah, I've got kombucha. Please, please. Yeah. Yeah. Kabicha, kombucha. My, oh. my friend V, who calls it a kombucha. Kombucha. Yeah, not a sponsor, lost bros. Um... 
I wasn't going with that. I was actually going going somewhere with that. You said some people um, talk. Uh, some people who are religious really retreat from the world. Yeah. And and will not sort of talk or answer someone's questions because they're an unbeliever. And we both just said that's ridiculous. Yeah, because like if like because like in in the context of like trying to find the like trying to find the truth, mm. shouldn't it be it should be a collaboration. Um, and then to also then claim with certainty that you that is the one truth is also that's also faulty at the same time because you ultimately can't be too certain that's why I faith yeah yeah, yeah. there's al- there's always elements of um, faith in it hmm. um, but I you know like I said it, it's that personal experience of how could I think God's not real when I know him personally? Yeah. And and he is a friend and he speaks to me. Yeah. And this um, person here is experiencing God is interpreting it wrong because, you know, because he is, he's, their experience is totally different from mine. Therefore, he's yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, wrong. it's, it's, everyone has all kinds of different experiences. Um, yeah. I really want to do a, I really want to do a good and evil podcast. We should. That'd be so good. I like, cause that is a topic. I'll get you, I'll get you on for the next one because it'll be like an hour. I reckon a conversation. Mm. What What are your thoughts on like? Um, on <laughs> can we edit that out? Yeah, I just can. wanted to put my, one I'll leg onto the other, and then I was like, I'm on a dress facing the camera yeah, black in a dress. Yeah, it's right. Most on Spotify, it'll just be it won't be any video anyway. YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna try to expand outside of Spotify though. Just put like a little um, yeah. sensor up when I. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are my thoughts? What are your thoughts on like on those sort of like those sort of religious people? Um, the ones that we were just talking about, mm. who were, mm. yeah, I think, firstly, it's just not a great advertisement in a sense. Yeah. You know, if, if you're anyone wanting someone to, um, not buy a product but sort of join a group, mm. why would you be an ass? Yeah. That like that's just stupid. But secondly, I think it's also very uh, contradictory to what you believe. Mm. You know, if, if you're a Christian, then love is a core part of your beliefs. If you're not going to be loving to someone, mm. then you're not even espousing what you want them to sign up for. It's just sort of, it's ridiculous. So I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't defend when. You know, just someone just because someone bears that name, that doesn't mean that they live by it. And if you're not going to, then yeah, mm. it's just it's just wrong. It's just yeah. wrong on many levels. It, it makes me angry as well. Yeah. You know. What about door knockers? Um, I uh, I understand the heart behind door knockers. Some people. Um, I've, I've had this feeling before, you can get a sense of urgency where you sort of, you know, the, the whole cosmos shrinks into, oh my goodness, we have like a finite amount of time on this earth, mm. uh, I need to tell as many people as possible. And I think it comes from a, a good heart of, especially if you're within a religion that teaches a doctrine of hell. Yeah. You you don't want people to go there, and mm. so you're like, I just got to tell them. But I think it is misguided. Firstly, because 
it has a very low conversion rate. <laughs> you know, let the evidence speak for itself. Yeah. Secondly, um, you know, no one wants to be part of a religion that they don't feel cared for in. Yeah. And you don't feel cared for if someone's only trying to convert you because your house was the next house on the list. Mm. You know, you you sort of feel like you're being tricked into it or manipulated. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's not going to work. The person's going to be frustrated. And it's also just not really socially acceptable. Mm. You know, the, the method of people trying to spread the gospel has changed... Um, this is just within Christianity. Yeah. You know, it's it's you've got the Crusades, which ended up becoming very violent. You've got the the street preachers. You've got the television um, evangelizers. You've got the door knockers. And in my experience, sort of one-on-one meaningful chats like this are the best way for people to understand things because there's no hidden agenda here. You know, I'm not here because I knocked on your door. If I yeah. did, we wouldn't be sitting here. I invited you in because you're a vampire. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm so pale. It's yeah, it's believable. Yeah. I was just watching a show last night. Actually, a friend introduced me to The Shadowhunters. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, that used to be a book. Yes, uh, the Mortal Instruments. Yeah. Yeah. My brother's read all that. Yeah. I haven't read it, but she showed me the show, and I like. Yeah, it looks alright. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah. They need they need to bring out more quality shows like that, like Supernatural. Have you yeah. seen that? No, I haven't actually seen a, Supernatural. That is a like I think that's probably the best way to put out like religious like themes in like a modern show. Yeah. Like it the way they well. the way they did that was just like awesome. I'm waiting for a new season of Shadow and Bone. Yeah. Who's also that? Um, so that's it's it reminds me of Shadow Hunters. Yeah. Um basically like Shadowhunters, you're either normal or you've got a power. But if yeah. you've got a power, you're called a Grisha. Okay. And there's a prophecy about a certain Grisha who's the Sun Summoner, which is the most powerful power you can yeah. have. And this young girl basically finds out she is the mm. um, Sun Summoner. And um, it's you know the classic story. If you've got the good and evil people, and use powers for good and bad. And but mm. I just think it's. Uh, you know, there's only doing one season put out on Netflix. I think it was books, but I haven't read the books. I just yeah. got into it because it was starring Ben Barnes. Yeah. And he's been my celeb crush since Prince Caspian. Okay. So, <laughs> um, just confess that. <laughs> yeah. If I ever meet him. Um, but yeah, I think the, the world they've created and the characters they've created is very well done. Yeah. You know, you can easily do something that's just another show. Mm. But um, I really was invested very early on and yeah. I think that's harder to do these days when there's so much content mm. but uh fuck no <laughs> yeah but there's good watch watch Shadow and Bone like season one is like yeah. eight or ten episodes it's not many at all well I think um, we've tackled the topic pretty well now yeah um sure. so now do you have any conspiracies that you believe in <laughs> <laughs> is this how you end every I'm, 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 I'm thinking I probably should start doing that. Yeah, think, yeah, that's how you should end it. That's what I've been doing about the past three. Um, so like, like anything like because like if you're a conspiracy, you wouldn't really know that it's a conspiracy because you'd be in the conspiracy. But is there anything that seems like a conspiracy that you believe in? I <laughs> there is one. Yeah. Um, I I'm I'm not like 
a hundred percent in on this, like yeah. I would go around arguing it. Yeah. But I think it is likely that uh, JFK was assassinated by the mafia, and that that was yeah. the the other guy was just a poor man. Why? Um, it seems to make sense to me that he he did have a lot of ties, yeah. um, and the sort of oh that this guy just happened to shoot him, yeah. just all of it. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually talking with a conspiracy theorist the other day, yeah. and um, we were we were debating about the Holocaust, mm. um, and they believe that. Um, the only part of it that was faked was the gas chambers, mm. so that it was a legitimate work camp. Those were showers, mm. um, and you know, give me, try to give me reports by scientists showing there were no traces of cyclone B found in any gas chambers. Yeah. Um, and so that was that was a, like just the other day, yeah. really interesting. The Holocaust wasn't real. Yeah, yeah, that they weren't, that they were never gassed, and that that's um, sort of yeah, uh, kind of anti, sort of Western anti. Propaganda that you know, okay. yeah, against what they do in the chambers, then uh, showers legitimately. And and so, my response was, um, okay, so World War Two, scarcity of resources, prisoners are they said that the amount of deaths had just come about by you know the typhus that was everywhere mm. and starvation and exposure. And so, I'm saying, okay, people are dying of exposure and starvation. And the Germans bothered to shower them. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Mm. People are dying of dehydration. Yeah, people are dying of not having enough food. But yeah. they constructed showers and and tried to shower everyone. Yeah. We need to go to Ashbury's to prove Well, I've been I've been yeah. inside the gas chambers, and yeah. so I was sort of like, um, <laughs> they don't look like showers. Uh there's, so there's that sort of room where everyone had to get undressed, and yeah. that does look like a sort of, um, sort of, uh, you know, if you're like in a pool and there's the, yeah, the, the shower blocks yeah. and then the sort of hooks and the yeah. that kind of area where you get changed. Yeah. It looks like that, and then within, you know, it was very old, it was very sort of black and ashy within the gas chambers at Auschwitz, mm. um, and it, it sort of, it looks like both, because... Um, you know, they tried to mask the chambers yeah. as showers and say, oh no, we're just showering prisoners. Uh, um, well, yeah, but I just, I think it'd be ridiculous that they would ever shower people. Mm. And I think, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, people, people are dying of, of disease mm. and they, it's just, it just is Most nonsensical to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's awful in there. Um, you can see the bit at the top where they would have dropped Zyklon B in, yeah. but the sort of argument from this person was, well, there are no photos of anything. I'm like, yeah, they. why would you take photos of something that's going to incriminate you? Yeah. Um, you know, they documented deaths and such, but yeah. um, not that we got this person on this day. Yeah, nothing like that. Yeah, no photos. Also, they didn't just have cameras. It was a big deal to... Yeah. So what you're saying is Jav Cameras murdered and the Jews were aghast. No, they were gassed. I, <laughs> I don't believe that. That was the... I was arguing... Yeah. That yeah. they were, and this person was arguing... Yeah. That they were given showers. Yeah. Okay. And six million of them... Yeah. No, they don't even believe six million of them died. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in my time doing history, I, I 
kept picking subjects to do with World War Two, actually, because I find that so interesting. Yeah. One of my subjects was on Nazi Germany and the origins. Another was just called the Holocaust, mm. where we read a lot of primary sources. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there was no way this person's convincing me, but um, they keep trying. Yeah, I love that. So shout out to my friend. I've got a random. Oh, yeah. Random what's yours? What you this is not. This is not something I necessarily oh. believe. It's a ran- It's absolutely random. Oh, actually, I kind of couldn't believe it. Like, coronavirus was made in the lab. Yeah, actually, that's one that I'm I'm leaning towards, that it was started on purpose. Yeah. I think it probably was. Oh, I don't even think on purpose, like, maybe even an accident. Like, um, because it's convenient that it happened in Wuhan, China, and in Wuhan, China, there's a virus lab, and in that virus, like, they could, like, experiment with viruses in there, and yeah. maybe somebody didn't follow the correct protocol, and all of a sudden they landed a virus, and it just started, pa- like, a pandemic. And what's interesting is, even though they created a virus, they mm. didn't, they didn't shut their borders, uh, borders, um, international borders. Yeah. They they shut them, um, some of them within the country, so mm. that people within China didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. This is sorry. This is another one that I sort of believe. So you think they made it to wipe out most of the population, or is like a I, more of a biological warfare thing? I think that they made it to wipe out other, to maybe maybe not necessarily sort of try and genocide the West, yeah. but to weaken... Because China's been trying for a while to yeah. you know, be the economy and the superpower. So economically weaken to ec- yeah. yeah, the West. I think that that's true. That is probably like... I reckon that is like some 4D chess shit, though, if that actually did happen. That is some like really complex... Well, people act like it's so unlikely, but it's like, do you actually know much about China. the history of China? Yeah. Like, jump back just to the 50s. Yeah. And... You know, like, Zedong Mao was not quite intentionally, but very carelessly letting a lot of the population starve um, for the aggrandizement of the country. Yeah. So, it's, I just don't think it's that realistic that they would want to strengthen China at the expense of letting a virus out. Mm. You know, whether it was an accident or not, I think it was deliberate. Mm. Um, They definitely let it get everywhere. Yeah. And it has weakened, um, you know, the economy, the West, businesses, you know, physical deaths, mental health. It's been disastrous in many ways, and I think that it was deliberately started in China. Yeah. <laughs> well, when on there, folks. I'll have no friends. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been good fun. I really enjoy conversations like this. Yeah, it's why, it's why I started the podcast, anyway. I love it. I um, live for it. It seems to be like like podcast seems to be the only avenue that people or, or like seem to actually be able to sit down and actually talk about something meaningful. Right. That isn't just day to day chat. Like you can get a stranger, sit them down, tell it's a podcast, and all of a sudden they tell you their life story and why they've done it. But out in the streets, it's a lot harder to get out of somebody. It's true. Yeah. yeah it's a, probably one of the best modern avenues to actually have meaningful conversation. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's definitely on the way to becoming the main medium of. Because, you know, people who can't be bothered to read will still listen to podcasts. Yeah. People, if you don't have time in your day for a movie, you can still listen to a podcast of the same length. Because we spend so much time in transit. Yeah. At least, yeah, coming from the city, that was the case. Yeah. But I, I still drive a lot. I still spend I spent four hours on the road yesterday. Yeah. Five hours on the road yesterday. Yeah. New medium of communication. Mm. Gets with a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Alrighty. We'll end it here. Mm. Bye. See you next time for Good and Evil. <laughs>